0: The House of Representatives overwhelmingly approved a resolution yesterday condemning hateful expressions of intolerance – did you see that? They condemned white supremacy, they condemned hate against African Americans, Native Americans and other people of color, including Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, immigrants and others. Well, at least they passed something. Representative Ilhan Omar, who set the whole ruckus off, even released a statement praising herself for raising the issues for what she called an historic day. It's the first time, she wrote, that we have voted on a resolution condemning anti-Muslim bigotry in our nation's history. You know, human beings have an elaborate system of defense mechanisms shielding us from the more devastating realities of life. We convince ourselves that we won't die, that we won't get old, that we have cured diseases of the body and the spirit, that humanity is on an uninterrupted march towards perfection. We convince ourselves That I am the exception to the rule. I am not subject to the laws of nature. I am not prejudiced. I am not intolerant. We convince ourselves because we so want to be convinced that our generation is different from all who preceded us. For Jews, We convince ourselves that the one silver lining of anti-Semitism, culminating in the genocide of a third of our people, is that, finally, anti-Semitism has been eradicated. Europe is different now. The French and the Germans and the Italians and the British and the Austrians and the Dutch. They have learned the lessons. We convince ourselves that we – today – our generations are not really part of history. That somehow we stand above and study history as an academic exercise – as if it doesn't have anything to do with our current conditions. But what is the evidence of that? Why should anyone think that three generations after the worst explosion of Jew, history the his- of Jew hatred in the history of civilization, that somehow we are at the end of history? Anti-Semitism is a relic of the ancient and primitive past. If you join our synagogue's mission to Western Europe in October, you will forever be disabused of that dangerous notion. Because most of us are liberals, we convince ourselves that anti-Semitism is a disease of the right, not the left. How can there be anti-Semitism in people who believe what we believe – tolerance, respect, mutual recognition, reason, science, evidence – to be clear, anti-Semitism is a virus that has no known cure. It is forever mutating. If after the Holocaust It is no longer acceptable for a European to say, I hate Jews. He can now say, I hate Israel, the nation-state of the Jews. If a progressive can no longer say, Jews have hypnotic omnipotence, drugging the sensibilities of society, she can now say, Israel has hypnotized the world. Do not be confused and do not be blinded by the dust thrown in our eyes. The accusation that Jews are disloyal to the country where they live is anti Semitic. It is an age-old anti-Semitic trope – way before the creation of the State of Israel – that caused death, misery, pogroms, brutality, violence, and prejudice against our people for centuries. The assertion that Jews are either loyal to no one, we are cosmopolitans, or loyal only to the Jews is anti Semitic. It is an age old anti Semitic trope, way before the creation of the State of Israel, used against our people for centuries. To say that Jews love money more than other people, to say that for Jews it is all about the Benjamins, that Jewish wealth controls foreign and domestic policy is anti-Semitic. It is an age-old anti-Semitic trope used against our people for centuries to accuse Israelis of being Nazis. To attack Zionism not for its excesses, but for its very essence – as fascist as anti-Semitic. In some circles, the, world, the word Zionism has become a euphemism for racism. Try as they might, it does not wipe the stain that clings to Europe for perpetrating the Holocaust. You cannot assuage your own guilt by devising the canard that when the Jews have power, you see, they behave just like Nazis. What a horrific blood libel. These are all anti-Semitic tropes intended to make Israel the Jew of the nation. If you cannot say that Israel has a right to exist, if from among all the nations of the world you believe that only the Jewish nation should not exist, it is anti-Semitic. Of course, criticism of Israel, even if unfair, is legitimate. I do not know one Jew, I have never met anyone who believes that criticism of an Israeli government or Israeli policy is in and of itself on its face anti-Semitic. How could that be? Jews ourselves are the fiercest critics of Israeli policies. In opposing the original resolution that focused on anti-Semitism, Senator Bernie Sanders said, we must not equate anti-Semitism with legitimate criticism of the right-wing Netanyahu government in Israel. What I fear is going on in the House is an effort to target Congresswoman Omar as a way of stifling that debate. Oh, come on. Congresswoman Omar was not taking the Israeli government to task. She said that Israel is hypnotizing the world. She said it's all about the Benjamins. She implied that American Jews are disloyal to America for supporting Israel. They are so thin-skinned they're so defensive they make themselves out as if they are ripping the blindfold off the eyes of the hypnotized political or academic establishment get a grip do not give yourselves more credit than is due <clears throat> you speak you think you're speaking truth to power in the spirit of the Hebrew prophets? By criticizing Israel? Please. As Golda Meir said of people whom she thought were unduly self-deprecating, don't be so humble. You are not so great. In progressive circles nowadays, Criticizing Israel is de rigueur. It requires no special courage. It would be courageous to stand in front of a progressive crowd nowadays and speak positively of Israel. No sane person would contend that supporting Palestinians, favoring self-determination for Palestinians, advocating for their civil and national rights, is anti-Semitic or even anti-Israel, I believe these things. It would be nice if so-called progressives could recognize progress in Israel. It would be truthful to acknowledge that Israel is a liberal democracy, albeit imperfect, making incredible contributions to the arts, science technology, health – it would be honest to look in any direction within a 50-mile radius of any border in Israel and call out the profoundly anti-liberal, regressive, brutal and genocidal behavior in Syria – the authoritarian nature of Israel's neighbors – that across the border in Gaza – They throw gay people off roofs. That to the north, a radical fundamentalist terrorist organization, Hezbollah, armed with 150,000 Iranian-supplied missiles will cause untold devastation both to Israel and to Lebanon in the next war. It would give more credibility to these critics of Israel to acknowledge one thing – one small, tiny thing – that in their view might be good about Israel. It would give more credibility to these critics if they conceded a devastating history of Palestinian rejection of every peace plan offered beginning in the United Nations and continuing to this very day by successive Israeli governments. But then again, I am a Zionist and you have to expect that as a Zionist I have been hypnotized see how entranced I am? You see it in my glassy eyes? At the very least, can you say that Israel has a right to exist? Can you say that? As you know, there is a BDS movement that seeks to boycott, divest from and sanction Israel. While I realize that some BDS activists do not seek to destroy Israel, but view Israeli policies to be morally wrong and boycott Israel to compel the government to change policies, much of the leadership of the BDS movement and its official position is to eliminate Israel. If you have any doubt, go up to their website. If you have any doubt, ask them. Ask them. Do you believe in Israel's right to exist? They will hem and haw, and the more honest ones will say no. Ask them what is their solution to the Israeli-Palestinian dispute. And if they say to create one state from the river to the sea, guaranteeing the so-called rights of the third and fourth generation of Palestinian refugees to live in this one state. It is code for dismantling the world's only Jewish state in favor of creating a 23rd Arab Muslim state. And besides, it won't work. Show me one place in the world – one place where an amalgam of warring ethnicities forced to live in a single state have ended up not slaughtering each other. If you cannot even say that Israel has a right to exist, that of all the countries of the world only the Jewish state should not exist, what do you think that says about you? Would you dream of saying that about any other country in the world? Would you say that about France, Italy, Poland, Kosovo, Serbia, Somalia, Sudan or South Sudan? Keep your eyes open. Anti-Semitism emerges both from the right and the left. It has always been that way. In a sense, the anti-Semitism of the left is even more dangerous. Right-wing anti-Semitism tends to stand out in plain sight. It is more of the garden variety type. We hate Jews. They are inferior. Right-wing anti-Semitism inclines towards physical violence. The anti-Semitism of the left is camouflaged by the rhetoric of human rights, anti-colonialism, liberalism, white privilege, tends to be expressed nowadays through hatred of Israel. And starting there, hatred of Israel, it then, in pursuance of this obsessive, mad hatred of Israel, often stumbles into anti-Semitic rhetoric and action. Anti-Israel expressions on campus have led to straight-up verbal and physical abuse of Jewish students. And among the more distressing attributes of left-wing anti-Semitism is that those who voice it often claim the right not to be criticized. In defending Congresswoman Omar, a number of her colleagues stated that it is not the place of white men to criticize a woman of color. I heard that as we were debating our synagogue's posture on whether to participate in the Washington, D.C. Women's March. I heard the same thing. Since I'm Jewish, I couldn't criticize Muslims who led the march. Since I'm male, I couldn't criticize females. Since I'm white, I couldn't criticize people of color. Think about that for a moment. It's an effort to inoculate whole categories of people from criticism and disagreement simply by virtue of race, gender or religion – no matter what they say. No matter how offensive are their ideas. That actually is an effort to stifle debate. It's not American Jews who are seeking to stifle debate about Israel. It's the contention that a member of Congress, no less, is immune from criticism because of race, gender, ethnicity or religion. That is the most insidious threat to a free and open debate of ideas. And if you think I am wrong, if anyone here thinks I am wrong, or all the people watching online, you are welcome to criticize me. Anyone – Jew or Gentile, white or persons of color, straight or gay, female or male, young or old, you are free to criticize me. I am in public life. That is the nature of public life. But if you want to criticize me, you'll have to stand in line behind the thousands of others. Congresswoman Omar has herself been the target of hate and Islamophobia. It is reprehensible. We utterly condemn it as dangerous and un-American behavior. And that, perhaps, is the greatest sadness of all. We should actually be allies in the struggle against bigotry, hatred, prejudice and discrimination. The virus that causes anti-Semitism is the same disease that causes Islamophobia, racism, and misogyny. The only way to make progress is for good people to join in common cause for the betterment and the upbuilding of our world.